Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the beautiful Gold Coast. If you're on the Gold Coast at any time, feel free to come and join us as we meet together and share the word of our Lord. We meet at 9.30s on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. For more details, you can have a look at our website, which is www.refinerylife.org. We hope you enjoy this message today and that you really get a touch from God. So this month, we're going to start a new series and we're going to look at lessons from the upper room. And today we're discussing upper room lessons on love. That's why Jesus came, right? Jesus is love. The text we're going to concentrate on is John 13, 34 to 35. Let's read it together. It says, I am giving you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you, so that you too are to love one another. Verse 35. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples and you have love and unselfish concern for one another. And the scripture reading which we're working through is John 13, 31 to 38. It says, So when Judas had left, Jesus said, Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him, the Son, in himself, and will glorify him at once. Verse 33, little children, I am with you only a little while longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, so I will tell you now where I am going, you are not able to come. I am giving you a new commandment, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, so that you too are to love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love and unselfish concern for one another. Verse 36, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus answered, where I am going, you cannot follow me now, but you will be able to follow later. Peter said to him, Lord, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for you. And Jesus answered in verse 38, will you really lay down your life for me? I assure you and most solemnly say to you, before a rooster crows, you will deny me and completely disown me three times. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of life. We realize that every breath we breathe is by your grace. We acknowledge our stewardship of the things you have placed in our care, Lord. The gifts we give today are simply a loving expression of our stewardship. We pray that this church will be wise and use everything we have for the advancement of your kingdom. It's in Jesus' name that we pray today. Amen. So today we enter into the sacred place of the upper room where Jesus instituted the Lord's Supper. Here Jesus taught his disciples just before his crucifixion in John 13 through to 17. Here in the upper room, the devil won a victory over Judas. Here Jesus met with his disciples after the resurrection. And here the disciples prayed and the Holy Spirit set the fires of Pentecost. 
Our message will be confined to John 14 to 17, the account of Jesus' last evening with the Twelve. And we can see in our reading that Jesus was faced with the agony of the cross. And it was evident that the disciples were not ready for the work that he was committing them to. They were, the, they were dense, they were weak, they were jealous of one another, and they were hungry for power. Could be talking about ourselves, right? Judas was struggling with Satan. The disciples still didn't understand about the Messiah or their mission. They had to learn quickly and they had to learn adequately. The first lesson they had to learn was the meaning of love, which we can see in John 3, 1 to 31. It's about Jesus' love and their love. And Jesus explained the relationship between love and service. Let's look at John 13, 1 to 5. It's the Lord's Supper. It says, Now before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that his hour had come, and it was time for him to leave the world and return to the Father. Having greatly loved his own who were in the world, he loved them and continuously loves them with his perfect love, to the end, eternally. Verse 2, It was during supper when the devil had already put the thought of betraying Jesus into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, that Jesus, knowing the Father, had put everything into his hands and that he had come from God and was now returning to God. Verse 4, He got up from supper, took off his outer robe, and taking a servant's towel, he tied it around his waist. And then Jesus washes the disciples' feet. In the upper room during the Passion Meal, Jesus demonstrated his love. John 13.1 says, Having greatly loved his own who were in the world, he loved them and continuously loves them with his perfect love to the end, eternally. His hour had come. He was Jesus, the lamb slain before the foundation of the world, ready to die a redemptive death. He would soon no longer be with his disciples physically. He needed to show them that he loved them and continuously loves them with his perfect love to the end. Now compare Romans 5, 6-8 and Ephesians 3, 14-19. So Jesus did the work of a servant as he washed their feet. John 13, 6, 11 says, or it gives Peter's reaction as he misunderstood the master's actions. John 13, 6, 11 says, When he came to Simon Peter, he said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied to him, You do not realize now what I am doing, but you will fully understand it later. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you will have no part of me. We can have nothing to do with each other. Verse 9, Simon Peter said to him, Lord, in that case, wash not only my feet, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, Anyone who is bathed needs only to wash his feet and is completely clean. But you, my disciples, are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. 
For that reason, he said, not all of you are clean. Jesus then interpreted the meaning of his actions in John 13, 13 to 17. You call me teacher and Lord, he said, and you are right in doing so, for that is who I am. So if I, the Lord and the teacher, washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet as well. For I gave you this as an example so that you should do in turn as I did to you. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, a slave is not greater than his master, nor is one who is, is sent greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, you are blessed, you're happy and you're favoured by God. If you put them into practice and faithfully do them, a servant must not expect better treatment than his Lord. We need to understand that. There is only one kind of greatness, the greatness of service, and it is true humility. Our love is shown by our willingness to do whatever is necessary to advance Christ's kingdom, even if it involves humiliating service. And Jesus appealed with, to Judas with long-suffering love. John 13, 18-30 says, well, it just that's where the message is, but Judas must have been the perfect actor and the perfect hypocrite at the same time. He deceived everyone but Jesus. And after revealing that a disciple would betray him, Jesus gave a morsel to Judas. And to give a morsel at a meal was a mark of goodwill. And Judas must have been on Jesus' left, the place of highest honour, kept for the most intimate friend. And again and again, Jesus must have quietly appealed to Judas. But Judas remained unmoved, impervious to his appeal of love. Do you know people like that? Perhaps you might be one of them? Real Christ-like love seeks out the best in everyone. And Jesus taught them that love meant going to the cross which would be followed by great glory. Look at John 13, 31 to 33. It says, So when Judas had left, Jesus said, Now is the time for the Son of Man to be glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him, the Son, in himself, and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I told the Jews, so I'll tell you now, where I am going, you are not able to come. The disciples had to learn that the Christian way is not the easy way. To bring redemption, the words and glory to God, Jesus had to bear a cross. We all have to bear a cross. Soon the disciples would see Jesus dying on that cross. For he was now seen as God who was not only concerned about people, but was actually involved with people. God would glorify Jesus through the resurrection and his return to glory. And the disciples would often face a cross as they carried out Christ's work and Jesus would glorify them. Jesus gave his disciples a command to love one another. John 13, 34-35 says, I am giving you a new commandment, that you will love one another, just as I have loved you, so that you too are to love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love and unselfish concern for one another.
This here was Jesus' farewell command. And we are to keep following his examples of love now. His agape love. Jesus loved his disciples selfishly and sacrificially. Sometimes we think that love is meant to give us happiness. And in the long run it does. But it may also bring pain or demand a cross. Jesus also loved his disciples understandingly. He knew them, yet he still loved them. Jesus loved his disciples forgivingly when Peter later denied him and the others forsook him in his time of need. They were blind and insensitive. They were slow to learn and lacking in understanding. But there was no failure in them that Jesus could not forgive. And as he loved... So are we to love. As we finish up today, think of this. Jesus knew the future of the kingdom depended not only on the, not on the brilliance or the greatness of his followers, but on their loving one another as he loved them. And so it is today. It's not our brilliance or our greatness. It's on loving one another that builds the kingdom. This is the first lesson in the upper room, and it's love. I really want to encourage you to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him and He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body. And You're important to God and you're important to us at the refinery. So when it comes to prayer... We believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal his promises to you. So whatever you're concerned about, whatever you need prayer for, we want to be here for you. Even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us via our website, which is www.refinerylife.org or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings.